Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. This one is a pretty quick turnaround um, by Pacer Pod standards. It's only been, um, Pacers have only had three games since the last time that I recorded an episode, but there was some big news uh, with the Miles Turner signing, uh, the contract extension that I definitely wanted to uh, take some time to, to ponder on. Um, and it's, uh, it, feels, it feels like a time right now for the Pacers where um, we have like a, a, a breath of, of fresh air with uh, Tyrese Halliburton looking like he's, co- he's coming back from his injury. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday, February 2nd at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the Pacers would have probably, they would have already tipped against the Lakers. Um, Before I hit record, I had to see uh, the news on the All-Stars and our boy Tyrese made his first All-Star team this year, which um, which is just amazing. You know, there's only 24 of those in the whole league, so not every team gets one. And so Halliburton has had, I mean, he's leading the league in assists. Um, obviously, we struggle without him. He's our all-star for sure. Um, so great news to see that he um, earned the recognition of, of being an all-star. And uh, it's exciting. And, and uh, basically, you know, we've been struggling lately. There's, there's no question about that. Uh, the last episode I recorded, I was really contemplating the direction that this team was maybe heading um, with with Halliburton's injury, I thought maybe maybe and and the losing streak um, and the questions around what we were going to do with Miles Turner and, and kind of the rest of the roster. Uh, I was under the impression that there was a chance, you know, I could I could see this team maybe kind of uh, maybe taking their foot off the gas a little bit to finish the season. There's there's 30 games left, and essentially, you know, kind of easing into. Uh, to a pretty good draft pick, you know, top top seven type draft pick, um, and we'll just have to see see what ends up happening. But but Halliburton's coming back. It doesn't seem like we're gonna be, um, you know, we're not keeping him out. He he's ready to go and he's gonna play tonight. I don't know if he's gonna be on a minutes restriction or not, but uh, we'll, we'll be able to see. So after I record this after I record this episode, I'll I'll be hopping on to watch the game. And looking forward to seeing, um, you know, how Halliburton performs against the Lakers, what the team looks like with him back, and do we start winning games again? Um, because since the last recording, uh, the, like I mentioned, we've had three games. We lost uh, to the Orlando Magic, and we lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, and then we lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. Tonight we got the Lakers. Tomorrow we have the Sacramento Kings. Then it goes. Uh, Cavs, Heat, Suns. So, including tonight's game against the Lakers, there's five games right there that are pretty tough. I would I would assume that that the Pacers will, will probably be um, underdogs in all five of those matchups. And we're already, you know, um, let's see, what was it? I uh, I looked it up. I think we were one in ten. Yeah, we we only won one game. It was that game against the Bulls um, with Halliburton out. So we're one in ten over our last eleven. I just laid out the next five games. 
Um, you know, we're already kind of sinking like a rock in the standings. Um, but with the return of Halliburton and just kind of, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we get back on track here and start winning some games again. And, and we start climbing, we start going the other way. Um, uh, the games from the past couple, uh, the, this past week, you know, I don't have a ton of stuff to really go over as far as like on a game to game basis, but I did know when I was watching the Orlando Magic's game, there was a, uh, before the tip, their coach, um, I'm not sure his first name. I know his last name's Mosley, but, uh, the broadcast caught him taking a big hit of some smelling salts. And uh, it was quite the scene. I, my, me and my wife were like, what is going on with, right here? Like he, he, uh, he inhaled on this tube of, because um, I looked it up online and, and it came up as being smelling salts, which I've heard of smelling salts. Um, I, I just don't, I'd never seen it before. Um, you know, like, like someone who's not actually playing in the game or, or even, I've never even seen it in the NBA period. Um, I think I've, I was watching a podcast, like one of the Joe Rogan's podcasts or something, and he had some smelling salts on there and it sounded pretty wicked. Uh, if, if you do them and I'm sure there's a bunch of different variations to them, but, um, yeah. So coach Mosley, you know, he's dapping up the players before the game, the starters are going out onto the court and, and here comes somebody bringing his little smelling salts and he hits those things. And, um, you know, they, the, the broadcast caught it perfectly. His eyes kind of bugged out for half a second or so. And then, um, then back to it. And I just thought that is the strangest thing. One of the stranger things I've seen, um, watching basketball games. And, uh, you know, that game against the Magic, it was, uh, you know, Paolo Bencaro, who, who is uh, number one draft pick, rookie of the year right now. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's, he, he's, he's been insane. As great as Matherin's been, uh, Paolo has been, you know, that plus way more. Um, so it's a little bit of a rookie, uh, you know, the top two rookies in, the, in, this, in this year's class going up against each other. Um, and they, there was a little bit of there was a little bit of back and forth. I liked it. Um, you know, I, Mathern definitely was not backing down. He was talking his talk to to Paolo. Uh, Mathern had a good game, uh, but ultimately the Pacers came up with an L in Orlando. Um, then we go and play the Bucks, where we lose again, uh, which was expected. Last time we played the Bucks, they didn't have their studs. Uh, this time around, they did have Giannis. They did have Middleton. Holiday was playing. I think they were they they were fully healthy. Maybe no Bobby Portis, uh, but we're already in the weeds if we're talking about him. Um, and you know the thing about that game was the Bucks came out and just knocked knocked the socks off the Pacers. The, the Pacers gave up 85 points in the first half um, before making a run in the second half and, and, and kind of getting it to be more of a respectable game. But it was, it was a kind of over right from the tip. Um, then we go to Memphis, uh, and played really, really well. Uh, the Pacers, I know they got up to like a, they were up 65 to 50 at one point in the second half. So they were, you know, they had a 15 point lead on the Grizzlies. Um, but then, the Grizzlies really kind of closed the game hard. They uh, Pacers lost by 12 points, and the Grizzlies closed the game on a 62-35 to 35 kind of like run, if you look at it. Um, 
It was a good game. I, I, I would, it was, I was surprised that we were, I was definitely surprised that we were up big on them. Um, the, the Grizzlies had been struggling a little bit of recent. I think they might've been, they might've come, been coming off of like a five game losing streak. And so I thought we were going to be walking right into a buzzsaw where the Grizzlies were just going to be looking for blood and, and, and really the Pacers, you know, uh, it was quite the opposite where we got up, we got up big on them and, um, you know, really, really played pretty good. The second half, uh, the Grizzlies turned it on and, and, you know, the better team prevailed on that one. Um, we had another Chris Duarte, uh, kind of like, you know, talking shit moment. He was, uh, he was, uh, jawing with Ja Morant, um, over at the half court, whenever we were shooting free throws to the point that they had to stop the game. Uh, one of the Grizzlies coaches cut, came running out, um, to get in between. There was, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things. I, I think it had something to do with maybe John Morant's dad, who was sitting courtside, who I think he always sits courtside. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what, what happened, but Dorte was definitely involved. Andrew Nimhard was in there, uh, which I've, I've mentioned Nimhard talking. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that he's quiet, but he doesn't take any anything like he he definitely stands up for himself and for his teammates. I think that's a that's a great quality to have in a guy uh, like Nimhard with the role that he's got, especially. Um, so yeah, uh, it, you know, so the Grizzlies beat the beat the Pacers. We've lost the last three games since since the rest recording, um, but I was looking into it into kind of just the, the 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 recent play, and I gotta I gotta talk about Matherin again. You know, um, he's he is he he is kind of elevated his game, um, not just scoring, but I feel like he's been doing some of the other things. Uh, I feel like he's getting better in other areas. One thing that that stood out to me when I was watching these games, the Magic game especially, because I think I recorded the last episode, and then um, it's like kind of like tonight, where like the Pacers are playing as I'm recording an episode. So then, like when I finish. I go watch the game. Well, one of the things that I was talking about with Matherin on last on, on the last episode was, you know, I would love to see him. Oh, I was talking about how I, I feel like he was being a little hesitant bringing the ball up the court where it's like, you know, maybe he would get a rebound or pick up a loose ball. And his first instinct was to, you know, find a find a find a point guard to, to, to bring it up. And and I thought, man, you know, just take that ball and, and go with it like. Because he can just he could start the break for us. He could initiate the offense when he gets the ball on. You know when he gets the rebound, push the ball and, and initiate the offense. And sure and sure enough, um, the game against the Magic, I counted three different times. The first time was in the first half. He got a, he got a defensive rebound and just boom, no hesitation, right down the other way towards our end. And I think he ended up getting all the way to the cup. And either getting fouled or finishing at the hoop, and I thought that is that that is exactly what I was wanting to see from him. And I noticed it again in Milwaukee, and then also um, in the game against, against the Grizzlies. You know, he uh, during those three games, probably uh, I don't know six to ten times, I saw Mathurin bring the ball up the court, kind of you know initiating um, or basically like 
on transition. He, he, he was bringing it up, pushing it up. Now, um, I know Tyrese has been out, and Nimhard missed maybe one of those games. So there's not quite... I know, like, Buddy Heald was bringing the ball up some, so it was a little unorthodox as far as, like, the normal roster, normal playing for players for the Pacers. Um, but still, just the fact that, that Matherin has, has started doing it, sometimes you just got to speak these things into existence. Um, you know, and so I love seeing that. I also talked about the fact that he was last on the team in blocks, and in that Magic game, I'm watching it, sure shit, he gets a block. And I'm like, oh my gosh, perfect. Um, now, he hasn't had one since, but... Uh, but that's okay. And, and the thing about the, you know, I, I don't know for sure uh, if 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 he hasn't been pushing the ball off of rebounds, but it's just, it's something that I thought I had noticed. I thought it was a pattern that I'd picked up on. Uh, so then to see him so quickly, uh, you know, change that up, I, you know, it could just be like the lens that I'm watching the game from. Maybe not a lot has changed, but from my perspective, it seems like, oh, he's actually doing this thing now. And this seems, this seems good uh, to me. Um, but yeah, if you, if you look at Matherin just like over the last five games, so I, he, it, and he's been, he's been on fire lately, uh, not in all aspects, uh, but in a lot of areas. So I'm, I am kind of cherry picking stats here by just going back five games, but it's impressive. If, if you look at his last five games, now, the Pacers have only won one, one of those games, so this is in losing basketball. But still, he's averaging 24.5 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists on 45% from the field, 25% from 3, 87% from the free throw line, 1.4 turnovers. So in these last five games, he's got an assist-to-turnover ratio that's over 1, which is, I think if you look at him over the year, he's had, um, I think it's a negative assist to turnover ratio where he's had more turnovers than assists. So over these last five games, you know, he's, he's, he's doing a better job, you know, only averaging two assists. So it's hard to say like, he's really finding his teammates, but he's not turning the ball over enough as much over these last five. And then a huge thing is we know Matherin gets to the free throw line. Um, but over these last five, He's getting to the free throw line nine and a half times a game, and he's making 87% of his shots. So that's a huge factor in his, in his scoring uptick. He's also getting 30, he's getting 33 minutes in these last five games. All the games are coming off the bench, but he's getting a ton of run, and he's getting more shot attempts. He's averaging 17 shots over these last five. Um, and it's just beautiful. So to see him you know, in a decent sample size, almost averaging 25 points a game, that's what, that's what my goal for Matherin was as an NBA player, was for him to average, tw- I thought he could average 25 a game. And, you know, as a rookie, and he, he, he definitely, like there's, I don't think you would, I don't think you would say that he can't, you know, you, it, you can't say that he wouldn't, he couldn't average 25 points per game during his, like sometime during his career. It might come sooner than, sooner than later, you know, maybe three, se- two or three seasons from now, he's already, he's, maybe he's already there. Um I uh, there, so there's just there's just a lot to love about about Matherin and and the, the season that he's having. You know he's been super durable. He's played in all 52 games and he's averaging 28 minutes a game. So he's getting he's getting tons of run, and it's happening. 
every night he's showing up and he's playing. I don't even think we've had any sort of injury scare with Matherin so far. I did watch, uh, I was watching one of the post-game press conferences from, from one of these three games that, that, have, that have happened over the last week. And I saw he had ice, I think, on both of his shoulders. Um, so maybe he took a hard fall or maybe it's just precautionary, but I don't remember seeing that prior, in, prior to like any time earlier in the season. But uh, yeah, so just the durability of Matherin, that's a huge, like that, that's a huge strength for a player to have. I mean, we talk like Buddy Heald's the same way. Somebody's just always available. Compare that to, you know, like, um, you know, like basically just some guys like Malcolm Brogdon, who we used to have, right? Like he's going to play 50 or 60 games a year. If you have somebody that's going to play like 75, 80 games a year, that's just a big, that's a big jump. And it's, it's way more valuable to have somebody like that on your team. So Matherin definitely has the, uh, the physical tools to, to, to be a durable player. And um, so far in his rookie season, it's been good. Knock on wood here. The other thing that I love about Matherin and, you know, is that he has not lost any confidence or swagger that uh, that he came into the league with. Um, if anything, his answer is always the same. If he scores 13 points or if he scores 26 points and, and the questions at the end of the game are like, you know, you know, uh, you know like what, what have you been doing differently? Like, so like, um, you know, the last five games, he's averaging almost 25 a night. It's like, what have you been doing differently? And he's just like, I just, I'm, I'm staying aggressive. I always go out there. I'm looking to be aggressive. Um, that is like his, that's what he always says. And that's what he always does. He goes out there, he looks to score the basketball. Um, and I just love the, the confidence that he has. I think as he gets a couple years under his belt and, um, really starts to 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 become a more well-rounded player that confidence is going to be a big um a big strength that the the whole team can feed off of especially point guard all-star Tyrese Halliburton and uh one of the interviews I was listening to with Matherin they're talking about uh you know, what's, what's, what's it going to be like getting Tyrese back? Oh, cause, uh, cause Tyrese, you know, started practicing again. And, and, um, Matherin said, you know, I, and I, it was something along the lines of like, Tyrese is the, the best point guard in the league. He said that Tyrese is the leader of the team. Um, and it just, you know, it just makes me want to want to see that chemistry between Benedict and Tyrese just blossom more and more and more. We've, I, we've just barely been teased with it so far this year. Um, and I just, that's, that's one of the things I really want to see sooner than later is just those two guys on the court together, you know, just making shit happen and winning basketball games. I think that, uh, you know, Tyrese is the quarterback of this team. This is something I've said before, but it's just like Halliburton can be, can be that Marvin Harrison to, to Tyrese being Peyton, like that number one option, the guy that's going to go out and get you 25 a night. Um, I think, you know, I know that a lot of talk is around Buddy Heald and Tyrese and, and their chemistry and the fact that, um, you know, that there's, there was a, there's a stat where um, Tyrese 
the combination between like Tyrese to to Buddy Heald um, is the most assists like between any other duo in the league. And I'm thinking, great, uh, that's great. I like Buddy. Buddy's on our team, um, but but I'm ready to see some of that shift over to Matherin. I'm ready to see Halliburton and Matherin become that dynamic duo, uh, the marquee faces of this franchise. Um, and it'll come, it, it'll come, but uh, that's just something that I'm ready to see. I mentioned the free throw attempts that, that Matherin's been doing. Like of the last five games, shoot nine and a half a game. He's moved up to, uh, if, you, if you rank the entire NBA, he's now 16th in free throw attempts at six and a half, 6.4 free throw attempts per game. So that's good for 16th in the entire league. Um, now, this is just completely bonkers because number one is Giannis, who averages 13, 13.2 free throw attempts per game. So double what Matherin's doing. Giannis is getting there twice as much. Um, but that's why he's the Greek freak. That's why he's MVP. Um, you know, that's just an insane amount. I think, I think second place was like 11. Um, I don't remember exactly who that was. But some other notable guys, I mentioned Paolo Bancaro, the other rookie Paolo's actually getting to the line more than Matherin. He's 11th in the league at 7.7. So, you know, just over one additional free throw attempt per game. Now, Paolo's certainly getting more minutes uh, than Matherin. Uh, other notable guys, which I thought was interesting. So, Matherin's at 16th. You got uh, Nikola Jokic. He's 17th. LeBron James is 18th. So, think about the usage that those two guys get. And... Think about the fact that Matherin is averaging more free throws than LeBron and Nikola Jokic at this point in the season. It's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable um, what he's able to do as a rookie. Um, yeah, we, we, we nailed that pick. That was a great, great pickup for the Pacers. Um, okay, a little bit more on, on Matherin. He, uh, him and Andrew Nimhard, they, I mentioned Tyrese got the, the all-star bid, which is awesome. Benedict and Nimhart are going to be there. They both got selected to the uh, Rising Stars game, which is, uh, I think that's like, it's maybe like on the Friday, like so All-Star weekend, I think Friday night might be the Rising Stars game. And essentially that game's made up of, um, well, I looked at the rosters, you've got 11 rookies. So two of the, two of the 11 rookies are Pacer players. Um, You've got 10 sophomores, so like 10 second-year players, and then seven players they picked from the G League who are going to be competing in the game somehow. So that makes uh, 28 players in the game. So, you know, hats off to, to Matherin. He was for sure going to make it. The big one was Nimhard making it. That was exciting. Um, yeah, it's great. And hats off to, you know, uh, the Pacers front office for, for picking those two guys and, and hitting their draft picks again, and um, and Rick Carlisle for playing him. And, uh, you know, just, you couldn't have asked for anything better um, this year as a Pacer fan than, than what, what we've seen from, from Andrew Nimhard and from Benedict Matherin. And then uh, it was also announced, I think today, that Buddy Heald is going to be in the three-point contest. So... It's going to be, uh, as a Pacer fan, you're going to have something to watch all three, all three days, um, All-Star Weekend. And uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. I'm excited to see Buddy in the three-point contest. 
Um, I'll probably try to catch all three of those things, honestly, because I, I want to see how these guys, um, you know, play against the peers, against their peers. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a good experience for them. Um, it's going to be cool to have four Pacers represented on All Star Weekend, and um, and yeah. Okay, so Benedict's been awesome. I just want, like, let's see how long this can ride out. I, how long does he keep this up? And um, 30 games left of the season, let's, we'll see what he does. I mean, maybe he keep, he, he's, he's, these past five games have probably been his best five games in a, in a, in a sample size. Um, so we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. Um Okay, this is this is something that I thought was kind of interesting going on right now with the Pacers, and that is, um, what what exactly is going on with uh, Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith? So uh, these guys are both of them are are have been um, I, I don't know disappointing. They they're not getting they they haven't taken. Um, a step forward from last year that that you would have hoped uh, thus far, and 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 as a as a uh, as a result of that, you know both of them are are not getting consistent minutes right now, and it looks to me like over the past couple like the past three games. Um, so let's see the game against Orlando, Isaac or uh, Jalen Smith. He gets a DNP. Then the game against Milwaukee, Isaiah Jackson gets a DNP. And then against Memphis, Jalen Smith gets a DNP. So it seems like it's either going to be one or the other that gets to go in and play at that backup center role. And it's there's not room right now in the rotation for both of them. And uh, Isaiah Jackson actually made a reference to this in the game against uh, Memphis after, after the game in the post-game press conference, he had a good game. He, uh, so he, he didn't play in Milwaukee. Then he was coming into the Memphis game and he was, he quoted, but he said like, I knew I, the question was like, you know, um, how do you feel like you did or something along those lines? And he's like, yeah, I knew I was going to play. Uh, Like Carlisle told him he was going to be like the first guy off the, he's going to be the first big man off the bench. So he was going to play that backup center. And I think that was a, you know, that was a big deal for him because he, he knew what to expect. And he ended up logging 21 minutes in the Memphis game. He had 13 points, four rebounds, three block shots. He had an awesome possession. Um, man, it, it was one of those. He has a couple of these, seems like, every game when he gets, when he gets to play where you're just like, geez, get this guy some more minutes. But uh it was a yeah. So against Memphis, he had a possession where Jaron Jackson Jr., their big man, uh, I think was trying to take him off the dribble and get to the hoop. And Jackson goes up to shoot it, and our Jackson, Ijax, blocked it, and he blocked it right to the other Memphis big man, Xavier Tillman, who goes to shoot it. Uh, who, so he gathers the block, he goes to finish, and Jackson springs right back up and blocks it again. So two blocks on the same possession. And then the the best part about it was after he after he gets both of those blocks, he just turns on the Jets and just blows past both the big guys from Memphis all the way down the court. He turns it into a fast break. McConnell throws him an alley oop. McConnell's probably like between the half court and three point line, th- 
throws it up to the basket. Jackson has has just outran the entire Memphis team, catches the lob, throws it down. Um, just an amazing play by an amazing athlete. And that's something you don't you don't get that from uh, Jalen Smith. Um, and so it makes me wonder if if maybe maybe Isaiah Jackson is gonna is going to carve out that backup center role more so, and, J- and Jalen Smith maybe is going to find himself not getting any run, um, especially with you know the the commitment again to Miles Turner, um, Daniel Tice who hasn't played any yet for the Pacers, but sounds like he's on his way back. Um, there's a ton of I mean there's a a lot of different ways that maybe the, the Daniel Tice situation works out. He could be one of those guys that, that it, he might get traded um, or depending on what the Pacers are looking to do this year, he might actually become the backup center. And, and then we might be looking at Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith. No, neither of them getting any consistent run. Join, joining, joining Goga on the bench are three young bigs just sitting there. Um, but we'll see. I could. I, I was looking at Jalen Smith, though. You know, I mentioned he got. He didn't play against Orlando or Memphis. If you look at his, the last ten games, he's got three games that he didn't play at all. Um, over the last ten, he's averaging twelve minutes a game, and he's putting up seven points, four rebounds. Um, the shooting's not great, and it's just it's kind of been it's a rough spot right now for Jalen. I. Uh, I don't know. It's he. It's he's a lottery pick, right? He's six ten. He he's definitely a good rebounder. Um, I don't. I hate seeing him. You know, become a, a non-factor like this. Um, and it. I don't know. It just. It, it feels like there's kind of a competition right now between Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith to see like who who we going to hang on to. Um, but. I still hold out hope that maybe both of them can turn the corner here and, and we can see something good the last 30 games of the season here from both of them. But it's just going to be tough, especially with Miles Turner, um, you know, not going anywhere. Um, and uh, we'll just have to see. But that leads me into, yeah, the big news that has happened, which is which is why I really wanted to get on here and record an episode is uh, Miles Turner, he got his contract extension from the Pacers. It felt like something from my perspective, like I didn't think there was any chance that this was going to be, this was going to happen. Um, and this, you know, I'm just, I'm just a fan following along. Um, but I was under the impression that, you know, Miles Turner was probably going to be looking for like a four to five year deal at at least 25 million a year, 30 million a year. Um, and I, I stated this probably on the last episode that, you know, I, I didn't want any part of that. And the, the, the length of it, the length of the contract, the, the amount of the contract, both of those things that I was anticipating happening would, were something I didn't want the Pacers to do. Um, but the news came out. He signed a two-year extension for roughly $60 million dollars. And it just so works out that the Pacers have a lot of cap space this year, so they can kind of front load this contract and pay him some of the cap space that they have this year now, thus making his um, cap hit on the team for the next two years basically $20 million. 
And that's essentially what he's making, you know, pretty much now. He's making 17 and a half now. Uh, so to get him for two more years at 20 million, I'm on board with that. Um, I'm on board with that. And I just want to uh, kind of uh, wash myself of the past year and a half or so of, of Miles Turner because I just, I thought for sure, I just didn't think that he would be around for, the, for this team to make a run. But I'm asking to, to, to rejoin the, the Miles Turner bandwagon. Um, I, I want to, uh, I'm buying back in. I'm a Miles Turner guy now because we're going we're gonna to have him and I, I want him. I, I do because I do know that Miles Turner is, he's a perfect center for our team right now. And, and when he's playing well, which he has this year, our team is playing well. I mean, we still have, we still have a lot of work to do on the roster, but um, I'm, I'm very, very pleased with this outcome. And, um, and I'm really happy too, that it seems like everybody is excited to have miles back. First of all, it seems miles wants to be here and he signed the contract. Um, Tyrese wants him here. Seems like Rick, Rick Carlisle wants him here. And, um, it's great. It's like, okay, we can, we can move on. Um, and no more, you know, especially like for myself, no more wandering eyes, no more assuming, no more wondering what we're going to get in return for Miles Turner. Um, no more wondering, oh, is Isaiah Jackson or Jalen Smith, are they going to be able to, to be a center for us? Um, it's Miles Turner's job. He's the big man. He's our five. Uh, and let's go with it. Like, I'm good. He's, Miles Turner is a, he is a, he is a fine, fine center. Um, I think what we could definitely use at that power forward position is somebody who is just a little bit more like fast twitch, uh, athleticism wise. Like I've heard rumors out there with, there's a guy named Jared Vanderbilt who plays for the jazz, you know, so somebody with like six, nine, six, 10 size who can definitely, who can focus on rebounding and, helping Miles out um, really on the rebounds. Because to me, that's one of, he's okay. He's gotten better this year as far as like his numbers are getting better at, at rebounding. But it's it's not one of his strengths for, for that position. He, he's, not a, he's not one of the centers that you think, oh, this guy cleans the glass. He's great at blocking shots. He is killing it this year, shooting the three. Um, and uh, he, he's a defensive anchor. And, and I'm excited, you know, in the press conference that he had where he signed the contract extension, um, Miles said, I'm just getting started. And I, I believe him. I believe him because, you know, he's 26 years old. He is actually he's about to turn 27. Um, yeah, he turns 27 in March. So he's just kind of getting into the prime of his career. If he can do what he's doing right now, um, for the rest of this contract, for this year, next year, and the year following, like that's great. That that's all you can really ask for in a center. And at twenty million a year, you take that every day. Um, and then add in the fact that Turner's been here since he was a rookie. Um, you got the Turner block, and uh, it just feels good. It feels like it feels like a fresh start. Um, just to have all the the trade 
discussion and trade ideas behind us and knowing like, okay, Miles is going to be here. Miles is our center. I, I would kind of put him kind of in that like, he's probably like a top eight to 12 center in the league. And that's fine. You, you can win basketball games with him for sure. Um, and it had me thinking, you know, uh, some some things here, like what would be the best case scenario for, uh, you know, Miles Turner and for the Pacers um, to kind of play out the duration of this of this contract extension. And the first thing that came to mind for me was just good health. Miles has been reasonably healthy this year. Um, he's played in 43 of our 52 games. So, you know, he's only missed nine games. You know, I know the last two seasons, he missed the last like two or three months of the season because of injuries. So that's what we don't want is is somebody who's only going to, you know, if he's only able to play half or, or you know, 60%, 70% of the games, like that's not going to be good. We don't want any major injuries. And this is obvious. Like you, you can say this for any player, but I think just the fact that, you know, Turner's a big man who has had some foot issues in the past. Um, he's, you know, just recently he missed some games for back spasms. He's just a big guy and big guys are more prone to injury. Um, so best case scenario, we have good health. Miles has good health the next couple seasons. And he is somebody that we can depend on to be in that starting lineup, um, night in and night out. Um, number two, over the next three years, no decline in the paint protect in the paint protection department. Miles is still um, an elite shot blocker. He's uh, currently third in the NBA at 2.4 blocks a game. Um, number one is 2.7. So there's a chance. I mean, if he turns it on, he could catch that and, and be the block leader. That might actually might be pretty tough. I don't know the math on that. But uh, yeah, so he's, he's right there, you know, as one of the best. He's still one of the best shot blockers in the game, if not the best. Um, so that and that's really, I think, that's a big reason why he earns as much money as he does is, is his ability to block shots um, and uh, deter guys from coming in the paint. It, it's a big, big piece, if not the biggest piece of our defense. It's the, it is kind of the, um, it's like one of the best things we've got going for us is that we have Miles Turner down there. And I've noticed this year too, um, just he seems way more um, vocal on the defensive end, you know, yelling at, like, calling out screens and, and calling out coverages, call, like, you know, tell, putting guys where they need to be. Um, and if he can continue to do that and really focus on the defensive end while um, leading into my next point, continue shoot the ball as efficiently as he is this year. He's averaging, he's 54% from the field, which is a career high. He's shooting 39% from the three-point line, which is a career high. And he's shooting 76% from the free throw line, which is basically just his average over his uh, eight seasons in the league. So if he can hang on to these numbers here, and this isn't just a contract year pop, um, that's going to be a big win for the Pacers because obviously Miles knocking down three-pointers is is a huge piece of – not a huge piece. It's, a, it's such a nice – uh, wrinkle to our offense whenever whenever he can keep the defense honest and, and draw the bigs out to open up the driving lanes. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops, you know, over the rest of this season and, and the following and the year following that uh, with Benedict in there, you know, getting into the – being able to get those driving lanes a little bit more cleared out. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's another thing. Uh, best case scenario, Turner continue Turner continues to shoot the ball. You know, hey, maybe better than this year. But if he can hold on to these this year's numbers, if he can just basically duplicate the season that he's having now, he's he's definitely worth the contract extension. Um, and, and then, you know, I kind of talked about this earlier, but the last thing I mentioned here for the best case scenario is that he's just um, a veteran. Let's, let's see. Basically, being the defensive anchor and, and, and offering a veteran leadership um, in his role that he has. He's defensive anchor slash third or fourth scoring option, depending on the lineup that's out there. And the fact that Tyrese seems to be so happy to have Miles it just makes it, it's a green light all the way around um, for the Pacers. Great signing. I, I really can't believe that it, that he took, I think, I wonder how much of it had to do with the fact that he could get, he's getting, he's going to get paid like $35 million this year because they can offer him that early money. Um, and, and then, you know, at the end of this contract, he's going to be 29. So he's still going to have, he's still going to be ready for He's going to get another contract after that. So maybe, we just we just wait and see see how that plays out. But overall, man, this was a great signing. Um, I was pleasant pleasant pleasantly surprised with with this one. This one felt good. Um, I mentioned you know we got Tyrese Halliburton coming back, first time All Star. Um, the team struggled without him, one in ten, uh, without Tyrese, including that game he went down against the Knicks. Um, but we'll just have to see. You know, like what is what is the direction for this team the rest of the season. It seems like it seems like we may be trying to get some some playoff experience this year. Uh, with the Turner extension, um, bringing Halliburton back from this injury without really delaying it. Um, who knows? Maybe there's a chance that we make February 9th is the trade deadline, so a week from today. Um, there's rumors out there. Uh, John Collins from Atlanta, OG Ananobi from the Raptors. Uh, I mentioned Jared Vanderbilt from the Jazz. Um, maybe the Pacers were able to get in and get some of the, we'll get one of those guys. And then with Tyrese coming back, you know, it's like, hey, um, maybe we start winning games again. And we st- we're already, right now we're 10th in the East, even after, you know, dropping uh 10 out of our last 11 games. We're still in the play-in tournament if the season ended today. And um, we're also in, like, draft pick-wise, we are tied for seventh right now. So we, we would have, like, the seventh, eighth, or ninth pick. We're tied with the Lakers and the Bulls for our own draft pick coming up this season, this next, uh, in, in this upcoming draft. That's if the season ended today. That's kind of, like, best of both worlds, if you ask me. Like, we get to make the play-in, but we also still get a top 10 draft pick. Um, I would take that. But uh, I also could see the benefit of, you know, getting the sixth pick. Uh, or maybe we could even get to a point where we got the fifth pick. But I, it feels like with, with Tyrese playing at an all-star level, hopefully he, you know, hopefully he gets right back into that. And there's no, there's not too many like lingering effects of this injury. And the Pacers start humming along again. Um, I think you go back to the back to where we were pre-injury and, and you just pick up from there and you say, hey, we're just going to win every game that we can. We're going to fight every single night. Um, and, and we go from there. I do hope that the, the front office does not, you know, if we do go out and get a John Collins or an OG Ananobi, 
Um, I don't think that's going to change too much. Like I, I, I still feel like we're probably going to end up getting a pick. I think we're still going to end up with a lottery pick this year. And there's a ton of wings, so I, I still think we're going to be able to grab a wing and take a swing um, in the draft with our own pick. But so I, I just don't like I don't want to give up like especially for some, but maybe OG Ananobi I would be willing to give up our this year's first round pick. But I I don't want to do that for you know John Collins or somebody who's not really going to be a foundational type piece in my opinion. I don't know. There's a lot to there's a lot to kind of unpack there, but. It's just fascinating to, to see what's going to happen. We're going to know a lot more a week from today uh, what happens. I, I kind of think that we'll probably stay put and not make any major trades, um, maybe sell off a few players. You know, Duarte's out there in, in the, um, in the uh, trade rumors. Um, we'll just have to see. If, if we were to move a guy like Buddy... I like the fact that maybe we would maybe we could keep Duarte... Um, and, and, you know, he then, his, his role then would elevate, you know, you move Matherin into the starting lineup and now you got Duarte coming off the bench. Um, but at the same time, whatever you can get it, there's just so many different directions that this team could go. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much open to, to anything so far. I think the front office is just, they're on a hot streak. I mean, Getting Halliburton, drafting Matherin and Nimhard, signing Turner to this extension, really even trading for Neesmith. Um, I like Neesmith. I, I think he's got he's got a chance to uh, to be a contributor for us um, as we move into being a playoff team. But um, but yeah, we'll just have to see. So that is going to be uh, that's going to be all I got for this episode. I'm gonna go uh, gonna go eat some tacos, watch the Pacers and Lakers, and uh, see how see how our boy Tyrese is doing, and um, and we'll go from there. It's been fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, checking out the pod. Hopefully you enjoy it. I uh, I enjoy doing it, and uh, peace and love. Bye.